Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And today I want to talk about being present. Uh, I want to talk about how hard it is for us to really be focused on the task at hand. Um, Presence is something that is um, harder and harder to come by uh, in the modern world. We're constantly inundated with different different things, uh, different stimulus, uh, different problems to solve, uh, different thoughts that race through our minds. And that makes it harder and harder to truly be present. And I just want you to think about when was the last time you were truly present? You were truly focused on the task at hand. You were only thinking about one thing. You were giving a singular thing your entire undivided attention. And you took the time and the opportunity to be present for long enough that you saw that task or that thought um, to completion. And I bet if you really think about it and you're really honest with yourself, it happens much less than you might want it to happen. Or it's been far too long since you were actually present, since you were actually focused on the task at hand, the things that you want to think about, uh, and you weren't clouded, uh, and you weren't distracted by all of the other things that we're constantly trying to manage in our lives. And so I want to think about how exercise can help us be more present, how movement can help us be more present. And my my argument will be that it actually is a tremendous tool. It's a phenomenal vehicle to help us arrive at um, a place of greater presence. Because I think that's something we can all work on. It is, it is a very, very challenging thing in the modern world to be present, to give yourself um, in a way that's undivided, undistracted, to, to a thought, to a task, to a relationship, um, to a time period when you want to be focused and things are coming, you know, they're rushing through your mind and, um, and it's, it's extremely challenging. And I think exercise can serve to be um, a way to help us understand the power and the importance of being present. So today I want to talk about how exercise, how movement can help us find more presence, help us be more present, help us be more focused. And at the end of that, um, get more done, accomplish more, do more quality work, um, do more impactful work, have more impactful thoughts. Um, These are things, again, that we uh, are often so dominated by quantity, right? Get more work done, have more thoughts, do more exercise. 
that when we're present, we quality comes first. And quality is what matters, right? That's what helps us feel balanced. That's what helps us feel productive. That's what helps us accomplish our goals is to put quality first. And I think one of the first steps to that quality is to be present. So I want to look at movement, or more specifically, I want to look at presence, being present through the lens of consistent movement and how that can help us show up for ourselves, um, show up for our goals, and show up for the quality of work, the quality of life, the quality of thought that we're all capable of, but it's so often hard to come by because we're busy, because things are messy, our, our thoughts are clouded with our to-do lists, our, our email, uh, our inbox, um, our workouts that we want to accomplish, um, whatever it is. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. 47% of our waking hours are spent thinking about other things than what's in front of us. So for nearly half of our waking hours, half of our day, we spend time thinking about, being focused on, things other than what's right in front of us. So whether that's our work, uh, whether that's relationships, family, friends, whether that's exercise, our training, we spend nearly half of that time focused on something else. That's, that was striking for me. That's astonishing. You know, and I'm just as guilty of it as anyone else. 
But I think that statistic alone shows how important being present is. If we could get back just some of that time, imagine how much we could accomplish. Imagine how, um, how fulfilling our goals would be. Imagine how, much, how many of our goals we would reach if just some of that time um, that we spent thinking about other things than what's in front of us was spent actually focused on what's, what's there, what we want to accomplish. Um, and that really is at the, at the crux of, of our discussion today is, is that through the act of being present, we can actually, um, we can get more done. We can accomplish more. It flies in the face of what we, what we typically think about um, or how we typically think about things in the modern world is if we do more, we'll accomplish more. We'll get more done. We'll reach our goals faster. What science tells us and the studies behind being present, uh, productivity, um, balance, focus, is that when we put quality first, um, when we put balance first, when we work to be present, we actually arrive at our goals uh, more consistently. We arrive at them more quickly. Um, and the same applies on the training front. Um, and so, you know, so often these, our attempts at multitasking lead to anxiety, right? Anxiety is um, more and more pervasive um, in our modern world. Um, so many people struggle with um, thoughts and feelings of anxiety around um, what they have to accomplish, or, or maybe even if we pull back, you know, anxiety around what it looks and feels like to move through the day, to, to manage the constant barrage of, of things coming at us, you know, stimulus. Um, things we have to do, um, people and places we have to show up for. Um, you know, and this anxiety is something that bleeds into all areas of our lives. But what we've seen, uh, if we look at some of the, the scientific studies behind exercise and anxiety, is they've actually done studies where they've taken individuals who, uh, who struggle with high levels of anxiety. So uh, an anxiety response would be, um, you know, things like, you know, sweating, um, uh, feeling out of control, um, you know, having uh, increased heart rate, some of these things that come, um, some of these physiological responses that happen when individuals are dealing with, um, with high levels or increased levels, uh, or maybe severe cases of anxiety. So they've taken these individuals, and they've exposed them to different types of of therapies. One of those therapies has been exercise. And we've seen that exercise can really act as a type of um, exposure treatment for anxiety. And um, because what it does is it exposes the body to some of the feelings that also happen when an individual is dealing with anxiety. Again, increased heart rate, increased sweat rate. Um, and so that exposure allows an individual to, to process what it feels like to cope with 
um, these levels of stress, right? And that could be from a, from a, uh, uh, a bout of anxiety um, or, or a reaction to anxiety, or that could be from a reaction to exercise. And so exercise starts to uh, help us, again, um, understand what it feels like to cope with stressors. Um, and, you know, one of the things, uh, another study that was done uh, in the Journal of Health uh, Psychology reported that, you know, satisfaction is one of the biggest indicators of exercise consistency. And so, you know, the reason that individuals often um, deal with or, or uh, feel um, uh, like they have anxiety um, or struggle with anxiety is that things feel out of their control um, or they're not satisfied with, uh, with the outcome of a particular uh, scenario, right? Maybe they don't feel like they showed up in the, in the way that they would have liked to, or they're nervous about how they're going to be able to, to show up in a particular environment uh, or what the outcome of that particular scenario is going to be. And so you can start to see all these things are related, right? It's this lack of uh, inability to be present um, that leads us to feel anxious, which causes us to, um, to not be satisfied. Um, and this is where we can start to insert movement exercise. Um, and so, you know, the way that I think about being present and being satisfied, how I tie that together is, you know, if we think about exercise, so again, this study in, um, that was published in the Journal of Health um, Psychology reported that satisfaction is one of the biggest indicators of um, exercise consistency. And so if you've listened to this show, you know that I, um, I'm a huge proponent of consistency. Um, I think it is the most important thing. Um, and specifically, it, it's important to understand what consistency looks like for each individual, right? So what does it look like to show up every week and give, um, give 100% to showing up for yourself, to making time for yourself, to understanding the value of that consistent movement, um, what does that look and feel like for you? Um, and, and, you know, is it, is it a few days a week? Is it six days a week? Is it seven days a week? There's no right answer, but consistency is, what, uh, is what's important, right? That allows us to build the systems in our body that, uh, that lead to fitness. It allows us to build the neural pathways um, that help us realize the, the kind of full value of consistent exercise. Um, and so consistency is huge. So if satisfaction is linked to consistency, then it's something that we should be very concerned about, something that we should really strive for. So I think you have to be present to be satisfied. So imagine a scenario, and I imagine so many of you have, have been in this scenario where um, you, you show up to a workout, right? You make the time for exercise, fantastic. But you show up with your phone in your hand, you're checking emails, um, 
you're coming off of a stressful morning at work, or maybe you're kind of staring down a stressful day at work. You're, you're starting your exercise early in the morning. And there's a thousand things racing through your mind. You're thinking about what you have to do for your family that day, what's going on later in the week, um, projects at work, things that you maybe felt like you dropped the ball on earlier in the week, whatever it is, you're showing up with all these thoughts racing through your mind. And that's going to lead, um, that's going to cause you to feel stressed. Um, and so when we remove presence from exercise, it immediately detracts from the satisfaction of that, uh, of that movement. So imagine, so I want you to think about the feelings associated with that scenario that I just outlined, right? Thousand things going through your mind. Uh, you're trying to finish up typing an email while you're starting your workout. Um, you know, your computer's next to you and you got alarm, you know, calendar notifications going off. Um, your boss is calling you, right? Any number of these things. And I think we can all, um, we've all been there, right? We're trying to get it in, but it's, but it's stressful, right? So, so imagine what that feels like. Imagine what it feels like to, to work out, to move, to exercise when that is the, that's the stage that's been set. Now think about how satisfied you're going to be with that workout, right? Does it feel like you just kind of got it in and you grind it out and, you know, you're not sure if it was productive. You're not sure if it made you feel better, if it made you feel worse. Now imagine trying to show up um, and actually being present, right? You don't bring that stressful energy to the workout. Uh, you don't have your phone in your hand. You're not next to your computer. Um, and you're in a place where you're actually focused on the workout. You realize the value of that time. You realize that that movement is a form of self-care. And that's something that's super important. Um, and now imagine going through the workout with that headspace, really working to be present, really working to show up for yourself, give that time, the space, the energy, the dedication that it deserves. And then think about how satisfied you're going to be with that scenario, right? Satisfaction is going to be tremendously higher when we bring a certain level of presence to our exercise, to our movement versus, versus not, versus that stress that I think so many of us show up with unknowingly, right? It's just how we move through the world. And so that's why this, this act of trying to be present is really something that is, uh, it's important and it's valuable to make a concerted effort to try to bring um, more presence into uh, our exercise. And so I want to walk through four ways that we can be more present through movement. So again, I want to think about movement as a lens through which we can be more present in other areas of our lives. As I've talked about before at length, we are not in a vacuum, right? Our goals as athletes are not um, separate from our goals in the rest of our lives. The work that we do as athletes, the way we think about things as athletes, are not separate from the way that we move through our lives in other areas, in other arenas, right? The work that we do as athletes, the way that we think about things, 
it's going to show up in other areas of our lives. And that's, um, that's why it's important, right? Uh, that's why we want to give time and space and energy to really refining this process. We're really thinking about how we can show up and get the most out of this movement. And this, uh, this uh, being present is one of the ways that I believe if we work to be more present uh, from a movement perspective or when we focus on exercise, that's going to bleed into other areas of our lives. It's going to help us understand how to compartmentalize, how to balance, how to focus on the task at hand. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to think about how can I show up for, uh, for myself? How can I show up for this, uh, this bout of training, this exercise, in a way that where I'm fully committed to this thing? I'm focused. I'm engaged. Um, I'm giving it the time, the energy, the focus that's required so that I can get the most out of it and get the most satisfaction. Um, I can relieve some of those um, thoughts and feelings of anxiety, some of those stressors. Um, and because this is my time, right? It's my time to engage with myself mentally and physically. Um, it's my time to make sure that I'm prioritizing myself, I'm prioritizing my goals. Um, so that I can go out to the world and be who I need to be for myself, for those that rely on me, for other goals that I have uh, external to, to exercise. So this is important. When we show up for this, it allows us to show up for other things in our lives. So four ways that we can be more present through the lens of movement um, and, and and for that movement. So again, we're gonna we're gonna extrapolate, and we're gonna understand. We're gonna realize that by implementing these tactics and working to be more present um, for exercise, when we exercise, when we move, um, that's gonna give us. It's gonna develop tools that we can leverage and we can deploy in other areas of our lives. So, first one is. Um, to schedule your exercise if you need to. So this is something that I more and more have, have really become a huge proponent of. The thing that I talk to athletes most about is how to make time for exercise. Maybe more specifically, I speak with athletes retroactively after they've been unable to make time for for exercise right so their day got in the way schedule got busy meetings came up uh, family friends kids other obligations and like we so often do uh, we they put themselves at the bottom of that to-do list so that dedicated time for consistent movement kind of washed out the bottom. It did make the cut. And now we're trying to figure out, well, how do we make that time uh, somewhere else in the week, right? What do I do today uh, if I wasn't able to successfully make that time, hold that time, hold that space for myself yesterday? 
How do I do it today? And this is where I think scheduling your exercise can be a massively beneficial way to hold that space for yourself. I don't believe I don't believe in hacks, you know, I don't believe in quick fixes, I don't believe in um, you know, shortcuts to get to our goals. But if I did, I feel like this would be the closest thing that I would tout as a hack for carving out time for yourself. I because what it does is it sets up psychological cues that we're used to responding to, but they're geared towards making time, holding time for ourselves. So typically, so many of us as we move through the day, our day is scheduled, right? Specifically, you know, during our work days. So we have things we have to show up for. We have responsibilities. We have meetings. We have calls. We have projects that are due. We have deadlines. We have things that we need to accomplish before the end of the day. And I believe that we can apply that same logic, that same little bit of weight, that same cue to, to our movement, to, to our exercise goals. So if you're someone who has really struggled to make that time, right? It's hard to find that time in the morning. The day gets away from you, and so it's hard to find that time consistently in the afternoons and the evenings. Um, try to schedule the time. Put it on your calendar, right? So how much time can you give? Is it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, right? So first think about what's realistic. Right? What can I give? Because again, consistency is the goal. And then through that consistency, we want to we find satisfaction. Um, and we want to be more present. So where the presence piece comes in is just like you would show up for a meeting. Um, you're going to be there for that meeting. right? You're not going to be taking other phone calls. You're probably not going to be sending a bunch of emails, right? You have to show up for that thing, right? You have to be engaged. Um, you have to listen. Um, you have to be involved potentially, right? Which means you have to understand what value you bring to that scenario. So that means you have to have some level of presence. You have to make sure that you're um, at least engaged enough where you can uh, add value when needed. You can show up in the way that you are supposed to show up. Same thing for your for exercise, right? So if we schedule that time, that means it's time to be present for that thing, right? It means I'm not squeezing it in. It means that I'm not showing up when I get the chance, when I have a free moment, when when everything else is off my plate. It means that this is the time for me. And I'm going to put that time in my day in such a way where it's, it's weighted equally with everything else that I have to do that day, that week, that month. And that, again, 
there's a psychological piece there, right? We start to shift the focus. We start to shift how we think about the time for ourselves, right? When we see it in relation, in context with the other things that we value throughout the day, the other things that we have to show up for, then it starts to help us understand that we have to show up for ourselves. Um, and again, when we think about it that way, it's going to allow us to be more present, right? So we're not scrambling to get from a meeting to the gym to back home for family to friends to, right? We're not bringing that energy and trying to squeeze exercise in at the very last minute whenever everything else is off the plate or off your plate. It's a concerted effort and it's dedicated time for you. So think about, I mean, you can hear it in the language. Think about that shift, what that energy, how that energy would shift, how you would feel if you carved out that time, put it on your schedule, and treated that with the same weight that you do everything else you have to do that day versus scrambling to get from one thing to the next, hoping that you can make time for yourself and exercise and move in a way that makes you feel good about yourself, about your body, makes you feel confident, makes you feel grounded, centered. So if you're one of these people, like so many of us are, that feel like you're constantly trying to insert exercise into these very hard to find, quote unquote, free moments of the day, I'd encourage you to think about scheduling your exercise. And schedule it in a way that sets you up for success, right? So don't schedule two-hour blocks in the middle of the day if that's not realistic. Schedule it in a way where you can show up and you can be consistent. And then work to be present in that moment, right? See that time as valuable and focus on you, focus on your movement, and be present for that activity. And watch how it impacts the rest of your day. Watch how refreshed you are, how clear you are, how present you are for the other things that you have to show up for when you've had the opportunity to take time to recenter, to refocus and be present for yourself. I promise you it's a game changer. Uh, hey everyone, uh, I recently came across a new product on the market uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc., uh, so without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs absorption, leading to deficiencies. So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, you can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big 
changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code THOMASENDURANCE um, to get 25% off uh, your order. And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it would be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org, code THOMASENDURANCE for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Second one, second way that we can be more present through movement is put your phone away. So I know this is a shock. So many of us walk around with our phones glued to our hand or in our pocket or um, whatever. But again, think back to that scenario that I, that I painted earlier, which was we show up to our to, to exercise, show up to the gym, for instance, and we're checking emails, we're looking at Slack messages, we're looking at Instagram, we're looking at Facebook, right? We're, we're half involved in that time for ourselves. So again, there's a mental cue there. What we are telling ourselves is that time is kind of important, but not important enough to really dedicate ourselves to give it our full energy, to give it our full attention. So I want to challenge you to put your phone away, right? When you, when you show up to, to, to that bout of exercise, to train, to move, again, however, whatever you want to call it, um, what, what are you focused on? Are you looking at your phone? Are you trying to finish up an email from a meeting? Are you trying to squeeze in one more text message or phone call to feel like you can extract the most from that minute leading up to when you start your exercise? Or are you actually present? Are you there? Are you focused? And are you realizing the value of that time that you're making for yourself? And so work on putting your phone away. So I know that there's some caveats to this. A lot of people listen to music while you're exercising. Totally fine. Um, Bluetooth headphones. This is just a very actionable uh, solution. Get Bluetooth headphones, turn your music on, and put your phone somewhere else. Put your phone in your bag, put it on a table across the room, put it, you know, wherever. Um, You can still get access to your music, but it's not right in front of you. Right, so if you're on the treadmill, for instance, and your phone is sitting right there in front of you, and text messages come up, Instagram notifications come through, an email comes through from your boss or from a team member, coworker, that that immediately starts that stress cycle again. Right? Immediately you're pulled away from that time for yourself, why you showed up, and again. It detracts from the value of that time, right? What that tells us psychologically is that 
that time is uh, is multi-purpose. Right? It's not for you. It's for everybody else coming through on your phone. And again, the goal is that we understand the value of showing up for ourselves and taking that dedicated time to reap the full rewards, the full benefits of consistent dedication to movement. And so work to put your phone away, right? And what I mean by put it away is put it somewhere where you can't see the screen, right? Put on your favorite playlist and go nuts, but don't, don't access your phone. Stay focused on movement. Stay focused on your workout. Um, another, another way to, to get around that is, you know, if you're like have a, a, a home gym or you have a stationary bike at home or, um, you know, a, a thing, um, access to equipment or an area where you like to exercise that is private, just put a speaker on, right? Get a Bluetooth speaker, throw your music on that, put your phone away, listen to music while, um, uh, while you're, you're moving. So again, the goal is that we want to set ourselves up for success. So it, it's a, it, it takes being proactive. It's not as easy, I promise you. I promise you we don't have the willpower to put it there and not pay attention to the notifications. So don't think that we can overpower what our phones and the technology and the applications on those phones are meant to do. They are meant to keep us engaged in that device. It's meant to be very, very easy. And for parts of our lives, that's great. It allows us to streamline our workflow. It allows us to connect with people all over the world in a way that's amazingly easy. Um, and so that technology is important, but there's a time and a place for it. Um, and so don't, don't think that you can overpower it. I've tried. It's, it's impossible, I would argue. Because if you, even if you don't check the notifications, you're thinking about checking the notifications. You're thinking about not checking the notifications. You're thinking about um, manifesting the willpower needed to stay present. So remove the distraction. Set yourself up for success. I could go, go on and on about the power of removing distractions. Um, as a side note, I would encourage you when you want to do thoughtful work, when you have things you want to focus on at work, at home, when you want to read, um, when you want to get down quality ideas, when you're trying to solve problems, come up with solutions to dynamic situations, put your phone somewhere else. Take it off your desk, put it in another room, put it in a bag. Again, just it being there creates a scenario where you have to engage in coming up with solutions to not engage with that device. So put it away and work on being present. Think about what it feels like. How are you feeling? How are you satisfied? Or, or how much satisfaction, how much joy are you getting from being there for yourself, being engaged in movement, and taking that time? So number two, put your phone away, and then work on some proactive solutions if you want to use your phone 
for something like music during uh, exercise. Come up with some practice solutions to allow you to still access that without having the phone right in front of you. Third one is to check in with perceived exertion. So if you've been around uh, exercise, you, you probably are familiar with the concept of, uh, of RPE, rating of perceived exertion, um, or maybe you've heard of it. Um, so this is, the, this is the concept of how, how hard was it? Um, what's your rating? Typically it's one through 10. One is extremely easy. 10 is extremely hard. So it's a really important metric. There's a lot of value in making sure that we can come back to RPE. So when I say come back to, what I mean by that is that we now have so many fantastic metrics to contextualize and further understand what an effort, what a particular bout of exercise um, looks and feels like from a physiological perspective. Right? We have heart rate, we have power, we have all of these metrics that are derivatives of those uh, data sources. And those are fantastic. With my coach hat on, um, it's extremely valuable in helping us better understand uh, each individual and how they respond to particular stimuli and their strengths and weaknesses, um, how things uh, are progressing week over week from a training uh, block perspective, from a preparation perspective for goals. Uh, the metrics, the data that we get um, from, from exercise uh, is, is extremely valuable. We're, we're in a brave new world of, of endurance sports and the technology associated and available for endurance athletes. And I think we have to leverage that in a way that's impactful, in a way that's valuable for each individual as it relates to their goals. That being said, we can't get lost in the data. We still need to come back to the age-old question, the very low-key, low-tech question of how did it feel? How does it feel in real time? How did it feel once you're done with exercise? And, and we want to rate that. Um, so one of the ways that we can work to be more present during exercise is to tap in to that perceived exertion. The data oftentimes can cloud the experience and disconnect us from our bodies. So if we're on a bike and we're doing a particular workout and that workout has power parameters. We're using power as our primary metric to, to um, tailor that workout to a particular individual. If you're doing that workout and you look down and you see a particular power number, 
you're going to be focused on executing that workout within the parameters of, uh, of, of that power data set, right? So, so you're not, there's going to be a disconnect there. You're not going to be as focused on how does this feel? Can I go harder? Can I go easier? How does this feel in relation to the last time I did a similar workout? Does it feel easier? Does my heart rate feel higher? Is my sweat rate increased? Um, do I feel hungry? Do I feel thirsty? So there's a real value in reconnecting with our bodies and making sure that we tap into perceived exertion um, and not just staring at the data, right? Another great example of this is, is pace when we're running. So say, you know, typically we would get to, um, we'd go for an easy run and our typical pace is an eight minute mile, for instance. Well, if we get that in our head and we see, we have the ability to look at pace on our watch that we're running with, we jump on the uh, treadmill or we get on a track or we go for our favorite run in a park or a neighborhood. And what we're immediately going to be drawn to is to replicate that pace that we feel like is our benchmark, is our baseline. But if you've exercised for any period of time, you know that on any given day, things feel different. So that eight-minute pace might feel really hard because um, for any number of reasons, because stress, uh, lack of sleep quality, lack of sleep consistency, poor diet, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Our bodies are very complex machines that are constantly responding to different levels of stress from all types of things. It's not just exercise that it's responding to. It's responding to all types of stress and all types of input, which could be our diet, hydration, caffeine. Um, so if we are too disconnected from being present, from checking in with our bodies, we might miss the opportunity to do two things. It can go in both directions. One of the opportunities can be, you know, I'm just going to back off a little today. This is feeling really hard. Eight minute mile is feeling real fast. My heart rate's elevated. I'm breathing hard. This isn't feeling easy. Um, it's not feeling productive. So I'm just going to back off. I'm going to let my body take control. I'm going to let my body set the pace based on my perceived exertion. And I'm going to be happy with that. I'm going to be present. If my goal is to be satisfied at the end of the workout and for that exercise to, um, to positively inform other areas of my, of my life, um, then I want, that, I want it to feel right based on the intent and the goals of that particular session. So if it's just an easy run, I'm going to back off, right? Because I've checked in with my body and again, I'm present. I'm not super focused on making sure that my watch continues to read eight minutes per mile. I'm balancing that and checking that against my perceived exertion. The other way that can go is that you could shortchange yourself. So if we get too connected to the data, then we could actually hold ourselves back as well. And this is actually where I see it manifest itself more often than not with athletes is that when we lose 
connection with that perceived exertion. When we're not present, when we're too, um, when we're too focused on the data or we're too um, uh, connected to it, we actually miss opportunities to, um, to reach our full potential. So again, I'll use the running example. Eight minute mile, typically that's our baseline, easy run pace. When I check in with my body this, in this other scenario, it's feeling really easy. Right? I'm like, you know, I feel like I could probably pick it up a little bit. Breathing isn't labored, I can tell my heart rate's low. Uh, sweat rate is very moderate. Right? I can tell I'm not working that hard. What's it look like if I push to a 745? 750, 730, whatever. What we're able to do in that scenario is uncover um, increases in fitness, right? So now no longer is eight minutes per mile your baseline. Maybe it's 750, right? That feels like what eight-minute pace used to feel like. Same thing on the bike, right? If I used to do three by 10 minutes, 200 watts, and that was all I could do, and now I just did, again, I checked in with my body. Uh, that's feeling really easy today. What happens if I, if I go 215 watts? Okay, now that's, that's a clear sign of efficiency, right? Muscular and aerobic efficiency. We've built strength. Uh, we've, we've, you know, built up. Your aerobic capacity has increased, right? So we can uncover these very clear signs of progress when we tap into perceived exertion, when we're present. We check in with our bodies and respond based on how we're feeling. So perceived exertion, big link there with being present. And I think that's one of the best ways as well to get that satisfaction out of the workout is to really understand how we're feeling uh, during that moment and be able to adjust the effort based on um, the cues that our body's giving us. And the last one is to take time to warm up. So the warm-up is um, it's usually the first thing that gets cut, right? We're, we're, we're busy. Again, with this scenario, we're rushing into a workout. We've got a thousand things flying at us. And, uh, you know, I, I set aside an hour, but now I only have 45 minutes. I'm just going to get right into the workout. So immediately, immediately we bring that stress from that environment that we were just in Prior to the workout, we bring that stress to, to that bout of exercise. So immediately we're working to combat that environment, that inability to be present, that lack of presence that we brought to, uh, that we were just dealing with. Now we're struggling to, to recenter, refocus, work to find that presence uh, while we're exercising. So other than the fact that a warm-up is a, is a really um, great, smart thing to do from a physiological perspective, right? To prime our bodies for exercise. We're going to take that as a given, right? We understand that a warm-up is a prudent thing to do when it comes to preparing our bodies for exercise, reducing the risk of injury, um, making sure we get the most out of our bodies doing it during a particular um, uh uh, training, uh, battle training or, or exercise. Um, we're going to take that as a given. We're going to say, yep, okay, no one's going to refute that. 
The thing, though, that I've seen where a warm-up might even shine the brightest is it provides a buffer and an opportunity for us to shift our focus, right? So let's say we've implemented some of these things that I've talked about, right? You scheduled your exercise, calendar notification goes off, get your stuff together, get to the gym, you, you know, get your running shoes on, you jump on the bike, whatever it is, that time is a really valuable buffer to start to shift into being more present, right? If you feel like you weren't present before, again, to use the scenario, you know, lots of things coming at you, just got out of a meeting, making sure you carve out time for yourself, but you bring in a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going through your head, a lot of things you've been thinking about, um, you know, conversations you had earlier that morning, whatever it is, all the things that are typically rushing through our heads at any given time. If, if, you, if you dive right into to exercise, you're going to bring that with you. And it's going to be really hard for that to dissipate uh, and for you to actually be present. So the warm-up is a really valuable time to shift that focus, right? Put your phone away. Um, make sure you're not seeing notifications. Check in with your body then. How are things feeling? Set the intention for the workout. Uh, you know, I'm feeling stiff. Um, hip mobility is a little off today. Um, you know, low back has got some tenderness. I can tell I'm sore from my previous workout, right? Take in the cues from your body. Maybe you haven't had the chance to really check in because you've just been at it all day. Um, and that warm-up is a great opportunity to make that shift, right? Set the tone for your for that exercise and um, and check in with your body. So again, now we're now we're kind of combining a lot of these things, right? We're we're taking a proactive approach where um, we're setting ourselves up. So when we schedule that exercise, we're scheduling enough time for a warm-up, right? It could just be five minutes, it doesn't have to be a tremendous amount of time. Um, could just be a few minutes, um, but we're, we're, we're valuing that time. We're saying, you know, this buffer time is important. Um, and we're putting our phone away, we're taking proactive steps to help us be more present, to set ourselves up for success. We're checking in with our bodies, right? What's the perceived exertion? And then to build on that, what are my goals for the day? What do I want it to feel like, right? Is the, is the goal of this session that it's hard. So is it, is it going to feel like an eight? Is it going to feel like a nine? Prepare yourself for that effort, right? It's hard to go hard. It's going to be challenging. Or is the goal, is the intent for it to be easy, for it to be a restorative session, recovery? Um, is the goal that it's more mental than physical? Is that time that I'm carving out for myself not because I'm looking for this particular session, to elicit any physiological response from a fitness perspective, but it's important for me to show up for my mental health, to continue to carve out this time for me and to weight that time with as much value as I give things that are external to that. That's also a perfectly reasonable expectation and goal for a workout. Not every workout is there to increase your fitness. Um, exercise and movement can be 
a powerful tool in a variety of different arenas. So maybe there's a mental and emotional component there. Um, so set that intention. So that's I'm checking with checking in with my body, perceived exertion. What's my what do I feel like now? And what's it going to feel like when I start to exercise? Set the tone and wrap your head around what those goals are. And again, all of that can be done in the warm-up. So we're doing that. We're setting ourselves up to be more present so that during the warm-up, we, we're getting all that out of the way, right? We're not managing those emotions, those stressors, those feelings, those thoughts, that to-do list, those notifications so on and so forth. We're not managing that during the actual workout. We've managed that during the warm-up. We've primed our body and our mind for success so that we can show up and we can be present. So recap four things, four ways we can be more present through movement. Schedule your exercise. If you feel like you're running around, if you feel like you're trying to insert exercise into the last possible time slot of the day, um, I really encourage you to think about scheduling it. I know it seems like or can seem like the last thing you need is one more thing on your calendar, but this is the most important thing. So schedule it like you would these other things. And again, watch how it shows up in other areas of your life. I promise. Second one, put your phone away. Set yourself up for success. Don't fight the temptation to check notifications. Don't try to manifest the willpower to not check um, your phone when you see something pop up while you're exercising. Put it away and work on being present. Be there for yourself, for um, and and for yourself mentally and physically. Um, the phone is a fantastic tool. We could also insert laptop, computer, iPad, tablet, whatever. Put your device away and focus on yourself. Um, that time is important. And being present for that time is extremely valuable. Third one, check in with your body. Don't let the data, the metrics that we have, cloud your ability to connect with your body. So always come back to perceived exertion. How do I feel now? What's this exercise going to feel like? What are my expectations? What are my goals for this bout of training? And make sure that you give yourself the opportunity to adapt to that perceived exertion when it's required. Third one, or the fourth one, carve out time for a warm-up. Again, all of these other three things are related to that. This is a really important time, not just physiologically to prime your body for movement, but also mentally to set yourself up to be present, to push some of those things out of the way that have been clouding your mind, um, and focus on not multitasking, right? Clear your mind, move your body, check in, Set yourself up for success, put your phone away, put your device away, and work on, again, doesn't have to be a long time, a few minutes where you create that buffer, you create a dedicated space to shift your mind to be more present 
during your workout. And the easiest time to do that, the most convenient time to do that is during your warm-up. So work on if you haven't been including warm-ups, if those are getting chopped off, if you're rushing the workout, work on bringing that back in again, just a few minutes to create that buffer. So I hope this was insightful. Um, I, I can't encourage you enough to work on being present. Um, and if you're an athlete, one of the best places to start to do that is the time that you give to yourself, which is exercise, right? And when we think about consistent dedication to movement and the joy and the satisfaction that that should bring to our lives, being present is only going to help to amplify that. It's going to help you reach your goals. And again, it's going to bleed into other areas of your life. So if we work on being present during exercise, during the time that we carve out for ourselves, it'll show up in other areas, right? Can you implement these tools that I've talked about in other areas of your life so that you can do higher quality work, so that you can be more present, accomplish more, um, reach your goals in a way that feels more in alignment with what you hope to produce, how you hope to move through your day, the, the, the balance or the flow that you hope to have day in and day out. Presence is a big part of that. Um, and I think the more we can tap into that, the more we'll find it's the key to a lot of the other things we want to accomplish in our lives. So as always, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. If you've yet to do so, please share Endurance Minded with a friend. If you think anybody else that you know in your community, in your circle, uh, would get value out of what we talk about in Endurance Minded, please send it their way. As always, rate, subscribe, uh, and um, I appreciate those of you that have done so already. If not, encourage your friends to do that as well. And lastly, thomasendurancecoaching.com. Um, we're here to support your goals. We're here to help you work through some of these um, these things that we talk about on Endurance Matter. We have an amazing coaching team um, and we offer um, coaching solutions for anyone, any athlete, no matter what you're, what you're doing, no matter your goals, where you're coming from, where you're at. Um, we're here to meet you in that spot and help you develop individualized solutions uh, to help you meet your goals. So thomasendurancecoaching.com and uh, reach out to us there. And uh, thank you guys again. I greatly appreciate it. I'll see you next time on Endurance Minded.